Hello. How are you? I hope you're having a good whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this. It's Wendy, and you're listening to another episode of I Love You, Please Stop, and Other Things I Say to Myself and My Cat. You guys, it's been an eventful day for the Wenster. Woo! TikTok is lit up right now. I'll get to that in a second. First, I want to thank everyone that reached out with your sweet messages saying that you would notice if I stopped posting content (laughs) to the internet. I guess that's like the catch-all phrase that we're using to describe anything anyone does these days is content, but thank you. Um, Yeah, it's rough still, right, for all of us, this alone shit. And even though we're together in our aloneness, I guess, do do you remember when they started doing that catchphrase? The first week of the pandemic, you turn on the news and they were like, alone, together. I'm just like, okay, thanks, ABC. If you could tell me what the weather's going to be, that would be super. Because we were just like a weekend. You know, it's like, stop trying to sell us your weird merch shirts that say alone, together. But now, over 10 months in, woo, I got the shirt, I got the hat, and I'm going to get that tattooed on my forehead backward so I can look at it every time I'm washing my face. Just like, alone, together, together, alone. (laughs) Just fucking wild. But we're making it through. And we're going to get to the other side of this. I believe it. Even, even if it's not true, it's nice to believe nice things. You know, just whatever it takes to get you through the day. Just make it to the next day, sometimes to the next moment. And that's kind of the point of uh, all this meditative, be-in-the-moment awareness bullshit that we're doing. And I say bullshit with love because it actually kind of does work. Uh, but it can get tough sometimes to just go on to the next thing and stay focused. And um, you guys are helping me do that by listening to the show and uh, communicating with me online. And hopefully this is helpful to you in the same way. Um, So thank you for that. Can we talk about this TikTok thing for a second? Okay, great. Because I've tried to record this episode now. This is time number 10. And I've been so mentally distracted by this TikTok thing. I put my phone in the other room. That's right. I have two rooms, kind of. It's a loft with like a weird doorway in between the kitchen area and the bedroom living area. So my phone is in the other area of this attic apartment in St. Louis, Missouri. And um, I am trying to not think about this TikTok thing. But you know what? Denying our feelings is not helpful. We talked about that on the last episode, right? You have a feeling that's real. So let's identify this feeling uh, that I'm having. And uh, so we can get through it and get to today's meditation, which is embracing change. We're going to be broadening our scope as far as how we're perceiving things and what we're doing with our thoughts and how we're taking power back and all that kind of shit. Okay. Uh, TikTok. So I posted a joke earlier today that, first of all, if you're new to the show and you're coming from TikTok and you saw that video I posted where I was wiping a tear with a hundred dollar bill. Okay. This joke I posted on TikTok came from a real thing. And this is something I've cried about before. Uh, As a 39 year old woman... Sorry, Hollywood. Who is single and chooses to date sugar daddies. My life is different than most people's, okay? Now, I've never wanted to have kids. It's not something that I thought, like, I got to have a kid from out of my body. I need a baby in my tum, and I need it to come out from my bottom hole. That's not, well, that's probably why I'm not having kids, because I'm having people come into my belly button. That could be the problem. They don't grow in your tum when... Uh, but I've never had a desire to have kids. Okay. That being said, I have thought about possibly adopting because I'm doing so well with this cat. He's still alive. So I'm like, Hey, if I can do it with a cat, I could probably do it with a person, right? Same difference. So I do sometimes get a little sad 
when I think about, oh, I may never have children. And again, it's one of those things where it's not all the time. 80% of the time, I'm very happy with my life and my decisions, and I feel great. 20%, maybe even less than 20% of the time, I get the sads, all right? And that's normal. We talk about this idea of like, if you're unhappy, leave the situation. We're talking about the 80-20 thing, right? If you're in a great relationship and you get in a fight, you don't like pack your shit and leave. Like, that's it. I've been listening to this podcast and I deserve only good in my life. And you looked at me weird when I walked in the kitchen this morning, so fuck you. That's not what we're talking about, okay? Um, so this situation, this is a situation, excuse me, let me slow down my speech. Let me make a decision and a choice to slow down my speech and breathe and practice in real time with you. Uh, so I get sad sometimes. And this morning was one of those days. Full disclosure, full honesty, if you're listening to this and I'm not talking about you, please don't be mad. Also, I am not beholden to anyone in any relationship. Okay, moving forward. There's somebody that I see out here that I like very much. And I know uh, that this person has had a vasectomy. So there's not a chance of getting pregnant. And also, I've been told by a couple of doctors that I cannot have children, okay? And trust me, I've been in situations many times where uh, <laughs> I should have many babies in me, right? I even have jokes about this on stage where I talk about, again, I'm making a joke as a way to alleviate my own pain, and it's a way for me to take power back over the situation. I have jokes from when I was raped for fuck's sake, all right? And that's not because it was like a hilarious rape. That's not why I wrote those jokes. It's a way for me to take some power back over the situation, all right? It's not like, well, I mean, normally I know rape is really sad, but these guys wore these silly hats and they did these wacky accents. How could I not do a joke about it? It was just too funny. It's too funny. Oh, and the time I was locked up for being bipolar. Remember that? When I tried to kill myself? Oh, it was just the funniest suicide attempt, and it was just wackadoo. So I had to do a little skit about it. So I wrote a skit about the time that I was hospitalized after I tried to kill myself. Isn't that funny? Okay, so that's out of the way. That's what I like to talk about on stage. That's why I started doing comedy. Uh, it's not because I'm really good at writing puns and, you know, clever one-liners. All right, that's not why I do it. So this joke that I posted today... Um, was to help me deal with the sadness I was feeling over starting my period and realizing, like, fuck, Wendy, you're probably never going to have kids and you're getting to the age where it's more and more unlikely that you will have children and the choices that you are making in partners, the choices that I'm willingly making, and I'm very happy with my choices. Again, for the most part, I'm very happy. And then every now and then I go like, oh, that's kind of sad, <laughs> you know? But because of decisions I've made in my life, it's a real possibility I'm never going to have children from my body, and I'm cool with that most of the time. Sometimes, like, I don't know, when you're hormonal, ladies, where are my ladies at? Where are my period havers at? Okay, hormones will fuck with you, and they make you sad, and they make you feel feelings. And even though they are hormonal feelings, they are still feelings, and feelings are real. We've talked about this. So we don't just brush the feelings aside and say, whatever, I'll just get over it. We address the feelings, and then we investigate the thoughts underneath those feelings, and then we question those, right? So that's what I've been doing today with my thoughts about this joke. It's not, thought, it's not the thought about the joke. The joke is very fucking funny, and it's well-written, and I think I did a great job executing it for the TikTok TikTok app, excuse me. It's essentially like a short film. I'm pretty proud of it. Um, the joke is, 
that I'm sad because as a woman that exclusively fucks very wealthy men, uh, starting my period is a time of mourning for me, okay? I did. I wrote the joke this morning. I already forgot the exact wording. Go on TikTok. It's there. But that's the joke. And it was because the guy that I see, I really like him. We fuck. Again, I know there's almost no possibility in the world that I could get pregnant with this kid. I was a few days late with my period, and part of me started to fantasize. And we've all been there. Am I right, ladies? I started to fantasize about getting pregnant with his child, and I thought, I could do this. I would have his baby. I would do this. So I'd already kind of started to accept the reality that I might be pregnant, only because I was a few days late on my period. Turns out I went on the internet, and you know what that means? If your period's consistently late or just like weirdly early, it's either stress, weight changes, or you're just getting old. And so for me, it could be all three for me, if I'm being honest. So, hmm, I mean, that's another depressing thing. I'll write a joke about that later. But the joke I put up today was just out of sadness. I started my period. I did order a bunch of donuts, and I cried and cried and cried. And then to make myself laugh, I changed crying about being childless to crying about the fact that I was not going to be able to get a rich man's money. Okay, that's the gist of the joke. I may, I may or may not have closed the joke with the phrase, I'm not the one I'm trying to bleed dry. I may or may not have closed the vignette by wiping a tear away with a fresh, crispy $100 bill. Okay, so <laughs> the tears I'm crying in the video are real tears. I was really feeling sad in the moment. Also, the joke is funny, and that's also real, okay? So I put that video up, and it's gone viral. Most of the reaction uh, is good. The majority of the people that are watching it are like, this is really funny, this is so fucked up and funny, and that's what I like. That's right, it's dark humor, I guess, whatever. It's bloody humor, (laughs) get it? So, oh, Wendy, that was bad. Moving on, I've already forgiven myself for that terrible, it wasn't even really a pun or a joke, it was just kind of, you know... Uh, a misguided attempt at a joke. Anyway, <clears throat> moving on. Like I said, most of the comments are great. Some of the people, handful of people are like, oh, that's sick and twisted, which is like, yeah, no shit, duh. Thank you. <laughs> One woman, though, commented, and it's been fucking with me for the past few hours. A woman commented on there, my husband and I have been trying to get pregnant for a few years And after a seventh attempt, I got a negative test today, and I opened up TikTok, and this was the first video I saw. Bad timing, broken heart emoji. Oh, (laughs) Jesus Christ. So I saw that, and I'm like, fucking shit, fuck. Now, there were many comments on there that said, you made my day with this, thank you, okay? It's amazing that our brain can focus on the one negative thing and just and drive that home, okay? We do it all the time. That's kind of why we're doing this podcast and all this mental work, to stop focusing on the one negative thing. Again, we dwell on positive thoughts, right? We want to attract good things into our life. So I read this comment, and I'm like, fuck, shit, fuck. Put the phone down. Don't look at it. 
open the app back up. I don't know. Two minutes later, because I'm a fucking addict, a dopamine addict, and TikTok is my new cocaine. I open it up like two minutes later, and there are a bunch more comments under her comment. And it's people being like, yeah, I know, TikTok, the, the For You page is like really fucked up, and I'm so sorry to see that. And I, I, I've just had a miscarriage, and so I feel you. So it's all these women having these conversations, which is good. I think that's one of the great things about TikTok is that people can have these really intense conversations under a video. And then I think is the benefit to posting about serious subjects like this is because you get into real conversations. Now, the comments on there were mostly like supporting this woman and giving suggestions <laughs> about how to get knocked up. And I waited a while and I finally responded to let her know because I, I wanted to, and also just to let people watch the video know. Like, I'm not just some asshole telling my seven kids, hey, y'all shut up. I got to make a TikTok so I can make fun of people that can't have babies. That's not what I was doing. I, I was also sad from a real place about a similar situation. Like I was sad about that, that actual situation I was joking about. Like those were real tears. I was really crying, okay? I really did eat a box of donuts. I still have three and a half donuts in my freezer that I'm gonna double fry in coconut oil as soon as I get done recording this. That is my reward for myself, okay? And that is a choice and I choose to do that. So I posted a comment basically saying like, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. This joke actually came from a very real place. I, this happened to me this morning. I was really upset. This is how I deal with pain, by making jokes to alleviate my own suffering. And I'm sending you love and wishes for a little one in your future or something like that. So I feel good about that. I posted that. It's just been really fucking with me. And then I checked to be like, did she like it? Did she respond? But I got to let it go. I got to let it go. Okay, because I did what I can do. And again, putting all this work into practice. How do I feel? I feel like an asshole. Why do I feel like an asshole? Because this woman was upset by my video. Okay, now I'm asking myself this question. Was my intent to be hurtful to people? No. My intent was to post a joke that would make people laugh. And the other intent was to use my painful experience for something positive, to put something funny in the world and something relatable. And maybe somebody watched it that just had a miscarriage and it made them laugh. And you, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So uh, that's the work I had to do on myself before I started recording this episode and see how we do that. There we go. And also here's the other thing and not to sound bitchy or cold, but, um, we can't control other people, right? So I posted that video. It wasn't like, uh, this is dedicated to all the chicks that, that can't have babies. That's not what it was. It was about me and my own sadness. And uh, if people want to watch a video and interpret it however they would like to, that's up to them. We're all allowed to interpret life as we choose. We can choose to take things as personal attacks. I don't think this woman was taking it as a personal attack, by the way. That's not what I'm saying. So uh, I don't think she was. I think that she was and still is in a pace, in a pace, <clears throat> in a place, excuse me, of a lot of pain. And uh, that video just fucking got her right where it hurt. And uh, so I'm sorry for the timing on that. And again, I shouldn't be apologizing because I am not in charge of the algorithm. You know what I mean? So uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. And um, if you saw that video and you were upset by it, 
I apologize. My intent was to alleviate my own pain by making a joke. And if you liked it, thank you for uh, your appreciation. The wording on it is pretty fun. Just from a writing standpoint, just from a writing standpoint, I think I really knocked the wording out of the park. Um, And shout out to my sugar daddy for the prop of the $100 bill. Okay. (laughs) Now that that's out of the way and out of my system... Woo, man. <clears throat> God damn. Let's talk about embracing change. Let's do that, okay? How about embracing a change of the tone of this podcast and the focus of this episode? How about that, huh? You like that segue? That's right. I'm a professional content creator, I guess, at this point. Okay. <clears throat> We're on page 55 in the book, Living a Life of Awareness, Embracing Change. <clears throat> Sometimes change comes in the blink of an eye. Our internal narrators may agree it is for the better or think it's for the worse, but we cannot avoid change. Of the many things that will change over the course of your life, there is just one thing that will never change. Awareness. The constant point of perception that you are is unchanging. In this world of polarities, we consider up in relationship to down or hot in relationship to cold. We can only recognize change because of this part of ourselves that does not change. Loving life unconditionally means knowing that life can shift without warning, just as the wind changes direction, but the strength of our intent allows us to not only adapt to whatever life brings, but also to thrive in new circumstances. Okay? So that's the, I guess, like the meditative food for thought part. And this is the practice. I want to read this because this is a huge part of um, how we're going to put this into action in our everyday life. The practice for embracing change. Be in the present moment, continuously flowing with life, remembering that you are the constant in every second. Every change that occurs is happening for you instead of to you. Okay, let's break this down. Uh, First of all, I want to talk about this idea of loving life unconditionally. We talk a lot about loving people unconditionally, right? And I'm also including pets. I love my kitty cat unconditionally. Unconditionally and selflessly. What do we mean when we say that? Um, First of all, anyone that you love right now, anyone that you love right now is one day, spoiler alert, going to die. Not to bring it down. It's a fact of life. None of us are going to live eternally, okay? Uh, Come on, Elon Musk. Get to work on that so we can stop meditating, (laughs) stop trying to deal with death and change and loss and shit, okay? But as it stands right now, no one's going to live forever. So if you love anyone, you're already at like the base level of loving unconditionally because you love that person knowing somewhere in the back of your mind, and again, it's not always in the forefront of our mind because that would make us insane, right? We can't constantly... (laughs) Be like, uh, be like, oh, I just want to touch you and, and enjoy you in this present moment. And I'm, I'm so grateful for this time we have together and life is short. We can't be doing this shit all the time because then essentially it would be like, it would be like being on Molly all the time where you're just constantly touching someone and like, I just let me smell you and I just want to look at you. And, and, this, uh, and we're just in this moment and look at this beautiful blossoming flower or whatever the fuck I was crying about earlier today. Okay. Uh, it would be like being on a combination of Molly and having extreme PMS. And that sounds unbearable, okay? Which is why we do things like distract ourselves. And also, I I don't don't think it's unhealthy. Because again, it would be fucking intense to walk around like that. But somewhere in the back of your brain, you are aware that 
nothing lasts forever. People die. Okay. And sometimes, and I used to be like this growing up, we've talked about this. Um, if that's in the forefront of your mind, if you've got abandonment issues and things like that, if, if you're experiencing that, you know firsthand how crippling that could be, right? It's difficult to go through everyday life. You can't enjoy something fun because you're like, yeah, this is a good vacation, but we have to go home or else I wasn't even the point of putting on my bathing suit. I used to be like that, but it's, an, it's not a fun way to live. And yeah, no shit, everything's going to end. So it doesn't mean that you can't have fun while it's happening. You can't enjoy it while it's happening. This idea of non-attachment to people, places, things, experiences, it doesn't mean that you detach. You just are unattached to it. You know that you are going to be your same self, whether you're at the beach on vacation or you're in traffic on your way to your office job, okay? Or to put it in a current context, sitting in your underwear and a dress shirt on a Zoom call. You're the same you everywhere you go, all right? So this idea that when we lose people in our lives, whether it's a breakup, loss of a friendship, or a death, or like me, you move the fuck into the middle of the country where you know two people, <laughs> and then you're down to one person that you know, okay? Like, it's, it can be difficult to, this is something that I've been dealing with a lot, it's this idea that like, you're still you, without all that shit, without the money that you think you need, without the job that you think you need. A lot of people have lost their jobs and status, and uh, you're still you. So we've got to lose that attachment, right? And it can be tricky to balance non-attachment with fully loving someone. Does that make sense? At least for me, there's something that's been difficult for me, and I talk about this a lot with my cat when I adopted Sebastian, I did it from a place of unconditional selfless love because I knew full well, I've lost a pet before, I knew full well, I'm going to adopt this animal and I'm going to, um, he's sleeping right now and he looks really handsome, sorry, I started my period today and I ate a bunch of sugar so I'm emotional. Um, and I was like, I'm going to love this thing and I know I'm going to watch him die, okay? And with our friends and family members, we know that. But again, it's like, ah, it might be in 40 or 50 years. But with an animal, it, you know it's going to come within your lifetime, okay? But I made the decision that I did not want to rob myself of the joy of loving this little furry guy. And I also did not want to rob him of having a life with a mom that loves him very much, okay? Just because I'm going to be sad when he goes to kitty cat heaven because I don't believe in God or heaven except for, for kitties and dogs. Um, just because I'm going to be sad when he goes to kitty cat heaven <laughs> doesn't mean that he doesn't deserve to have a good life. Doesn't mean that he should live in the, uh, the basement of a pet co for the rest of his life, just so that I can save myself from feeling sad, because that's not what life is. That's This idea of meditation and positive thought, it's not about avoiding sadness. That's not what it's about, because sadness is a direct reaction, and it's like directly related to a very happy thing in your life. 
you're sad because you, a lot of times you're sad because you're losing something that was really great. Okay, so do we see that's the yin and the yang thing, right? If you want to be happy and experience love and joy, guess what? Just like vacation, just like our lives, <laughs> it's going to end at some point and then you're going to feel sad. So that's a risk you got to take, right? And you know that going in. Now that a lot of times, we do know that, which is why a lot of people stay in situations where they're not super happy because they're like, well, I'm already kind of here and I'd rather just stay in this middle ground where I'm kind of miserable. I'm not really happy because if I'm never super happy, then I won't really be sad, right? If you're with somebody, whether it's a friendship or romantic relationship and it's abusive or codependent, a lot of times, if you're being honest with yourself, you stay because you're like, well, if it ends, you know, like, I'll be sad, but kind of stoked because this kind of sucks. <laughs> but you'll mostly be sad because you're just like losing the companionship. But a lot of times we stay in situations where we're not super stoked because we're just like, well, uh, I mean, either way, <laughs> either way, it's like whatever. You know what I mean? And I get it because I used to be that way too. I used to be that way too. And, uh, I mean, you're allowed to make that choice for yourself. And even though I'm crying right now, I'm going to still uh, stick by this statement that it is worth it to go out and try to live your very best life and be as happy and fulfilled as you can be. It's worth it. It's worth it for the sadness that comes along with it. Okay? It's totally worth it. That being said, <clears throat> how do we take this attitude of unconditional love that we put towards friends, family, pets, and apply it to life. Because it doesn't, this, at least for me, it sounded weird, like loving life unconditionally. What the fuck? Okay, let's, COVID is a great example. A lot of people were really happy with their lives pre-COVID. Take restaurant owners, for example, Okay. There were people in New York City who ran these big restaurant chains, and they were loaded. I know one of them uh, kind of personally. A lot of money, big house, and everything they did. Life is great. This is great. Life is great. People that complain, you just got to work hard. Life is great. All right? Yeah, life is great when you're rich and your kids are off at boarding school and you don't have to talk to them, and you just have, like, yachts and money and drugs and chicks. Yeah, life is great. <laughs> okay? Uh, now, how do those people behave when they've lost their empire. Do they still think life is great? Do they love life unconditionally? And I got to tell you, and this might be the key to, uh, or not the key, but one of the keys to success, whatever that means to you in life, is loving life unconditionally. Because this person that I know, when I talk to them, their attitude is pretty much the same, where they're like, yeah, this sucks. Well, you just got to rebuild, and that's okay. That's okay. Life, this is, you know, life, this is how it is, ups and downs, and this is okay. We did it once. We do it again. We'll just rebuild. So, it's, and they also have this attitude of, um, and it's not just my friend. If you listen to, there's a great podcast, um, How I Built This, and they're doing a, a series called How I Built This, the Resilience Series, and they're talking to entrepreneurs uh, and how they're dealing with COVID. And I recommend, if you have not listened to it, listen to it. These successful people have an attitude of, like, unconditional love for life. They truly do. Their attitude, instead of, like, well, this sucks and everything sucks, and I guess I just don't have a job now, and whatever, and fucking everything's trash. 
their attitude, and I know they're not full of shit because my friend is very sincere. They're not just saying this because they're on NPR. My friend has said this to me in private conversations. Their attitude, instead of seeing setbacks as problems or roadblocks or things happening to them, like we're going to talk about, right? They say in, the, in this practice, it's happening for them, not to them. They don't see it as a problem. They see it as an opportunity. And this is the way my friend talks, and this is the way these people talk. On the, this, is, this is how successful people talk, okay? The attitude is, yes, it's a setback. It's not what we expected, but it's an opportunity for us to learn a new way of working. It's an opportunity for us to find unique solutions because this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience that we're going through, and so we're trying to use it as an opportunity. So they use that word, opportunity, opportunity. This is an opportunity for us to find, for us to grow, for us to learn. That's the type of language they use, and it's not bullshit. That's how they see the world. And do you see already what a difference that makes in how someone might interact with the world? Because this idea of saying, this is happening to me, what does that make us? It makes us victims, right? If something's happening to you, you're a powerless victim, okay? Let's use kind of a basic non-emotional example. You're walking down the street and somebody spills coffee all over your brand new shirt, okay? You'd be like, God damn it. Look what just happened to me. Can you believe what happened to me? Okay. Now, that's a normal response. I'd probably respond that way out of the gate, right? Hopefully. By the time we're allowed out within range of uh, someone spilling coffee on us, we will have meditated enough that we can take a breath and say, ah, interesting, there's coffee on my shirt now, or whatever is what we're supposed to say when something happens. But when you have the attitude of it happened to you, the rest of your day is kind of fucked, right? That's where it turns into, I guess it's just one of those days. Things are just, shitty things are just happening to me. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm just a victim of the universe. Okay? Now, when you take that, and again, I'm right there with you. I've done that a million times. We'll probably do it a million more. When we take that attitude, do we see how that puts us in the victim position? And when we are victims, what are our options? When we put ourselves in the position of being a victim of circumstance, our options are very limited, Right? What can we do? We can yell about it, <laughs> right? So we can just like bitch and complain and uh, we can shut down. Bitch and complain and shut down. Can we think of any other options? Honestly, right? If you are trying to submit a pilot, right? People talk about this, like you hear this all the time. People are like breaking bad. I submitted this for 72 years and then finally AMC or whatever they talk about, but that's real. People will submit pilots or scripts or fucking anything for whatever job. You apply for a job over and over. You get rejected. You get rejected 52 times. But the 53rd time you get it. That's the difference. The people that keep trying. When you get shut down 52 times, a lot of times, the first time you get shut down, a lot of people's attitude is, well, <laughs> I guess they didn't like me, so whatever. Yeah, I sent this in and look what happened. Look what happened to me. They just shut it down. 
And so when you are in the victim role in that situation, you would just, uh, I'm a little distracted because Sebastian, who I love very much, is walking on the laptop. <laughs> I'm trying to corral a very handsome and strong kitty because did mama give you steak? Yes, she did. He's so tall. I think he's just getting taller. Maybe that's why he's so heavy because he's so strong and handsome. Okay. Back to what I'm talking about. You understand the analogy, right? Like, if you just shut down and say, they didn't like me, so I guess it's not for me, you then stop trying. You shut down, you lash out. Those are really your only options when you are in the victim role. On the other hand, if something is happening for you, you have kind of limitless options, if you really think about it. Let's go back to the coffee example, right? You're walking down the street, someone spills coffee on you. If your response is, God damn it, look what happened to me. I got to get a new shirt. Son of a bitch. Okay? Let's switch that. Switch that. Now, for this uh, practice, for this a thought experiment, we're going to pretend we are in a 90s rom-com starring Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd. Okay? You can be whichever character you would like to be. Jennifer Aniston, on her way, on her way to a job interview, and somebody bumps into her and dumps coffee all over her new shirt. Oh, no, there's coffee on my shirt. Oh, I guess I have to get a new blouse. So then she goes into the blouse store and who is working there but a bumbling Paul Rudd. And he's working at the blouse store because he just got fired from his other job. And so now he's got to work for his dad's blouse shop and he's mad about it. Why did this happen to me? Why did I have to lose my job? And I got to work at this dumb store selling dumb tops to dumber women. And Jennifer Aniston walks in and they're both like, nah, nah, nah. And they magically meet. And as us, watching it from the outside, we're like, oh, they didn't know. These things that they thought were bad were actually leading them to each other to find their true love. And they don't know, but we know because we're watching it. And it's the same trope that they use in every romantic comedy, especially in the 90s. You could put Meg Ryan in for Jennifer Aniston if you want to. But you see what I'm saying? Picture yourself in a 90s rom-com. Someone dumps coffee on you. If in your brain you can hallucinate just enough to imagine like maybe maybe this coffee stained shirt is going to lead to something it could lead to a conversation with someone or maybe that shirt sucks maybe that shirt's got a weird tag in it that you don't even know was there because you just bought it and you're so pissed that your new shirt is ruined but guess what that new shirt was going to ruin you baby you were going to have a weird scratch on the back of your neck you don't know okay so if we take this attitude of things are happening for us Instead of seeing them as problems, things that are holding us down and holding us back and fucking with what we want to do, and we go, hey, this is happening for me, okay? This is an opportunity for something. It's an opportunity for you to buy a new blouse. Maybe the job interview that you were rushing to when you got coffee dumped on your shirt, maybe the guy running it was Harvey Weinstein. Maybe you didn't know that, huh? Maybe you were gonna, about to go get raped. So you don't know. Maybe when something bad happens, it's keeping you from a sexual assault. You don't know, okay? Do you see? That's kind of an extreme example. But I think, well, first of all, I think we're all a little bit horny. Uh, we got Jennifer Aniston in a coffee-stained T-shirt and Harvey Weinstein in a bathrobe. Hello. Who needs Paul Rudd, okay? So that's like the basic concept here. When we say things are happening for us, so we're just changing our perspective. Again, that's all this shit is. That's all this shit is. 
You're changing your perspective a little bit to give yourself options. Give yourself the opportunity to find another way. Don't completely shut yourself down and force yourself to stick in the same situation and to stick in the same rut. Another analogy would be if you are driving home and the off-ramp that you normally take is closed. You would not just sit in front of the closed off-ramp. Maybe you would. I don't know. But I personally wouldn't. And I think most people would not. You'd be like, oh, this is, oh, son of a bitch, it's all closed off. They've got, like, construction work going on. God damn it. That's the way I was going to go. Well, okay, it's closed. So now what are you going to do? Uh, sit here? But it's not open. Yeah, but that's the way I want to go, so I'm just going to sit here and wait. Okay? Or you could go another way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Find another route. Figure out a solution. Do something else. And in this circumstance, you could be like, okay, well, so, Wendy, if you're so smart, okay, so there's construction blocking the off-ramp to my home. So that's happening for me? Why is the universe doing that for me? I don't know. Maybe just to teach you a skill set of learning another route home. A lot of times, it's not that you're going to go meet your lover in a blouse shop. Okay, I should have said shirt store, but what can I do? I said blouse. We're going to stick with blouse because uh, blouse shop, blouse store. It doesn't flow. Um, but you see, so it's not always like a big lesson, but sometimes it's just stuff that's happening. And, and again, that's not personal. In the same way, I didn't post that video on TikTok to personally offend or like trigger Women that are having fertility issues. That was not my intention. In the same way that if somebody bumps into you and dumps coffee on you, they weren't doing that on purpose. It was just something that happened. So just deal with it. If you're going home and the off-ramp's closed, the construction worker like, oh, man, we're <laughs> fucking Brian thinks he's getting home. <laughs> yeah, right. He's going to have to take 10 extra minutes. Oh, man, this is going to be so fucking cool. This is going to be, someone should follow him with a camera. I bet he'll get mad. I wonder if he'll get lost. <laughs> this is going to be sick. No, or just as soon as he leaves. No, he's, he's in a Corolla. He's in a red Corolla. As soon as he leaves, we'll take all the construction down. I don't know. This is, yeah, whatever. Oh, the government's paying for this. We don't give a shit. Uh, we got nothing to do. Uh, like, that's not what's happening. When something happens in life, it's not personal. And this is the four agreement shit, but that's like the first thing is don't take things personally. Okay? Or as I would <laughs> lovingly call it. I, would, I like to call that section. This shit is not about you, Wendy. <laughs> okay? So you can fill in your own name for that. This shit is not about you. Relax. Even if someone's screaming at you and, and calling you a piece of shit, unless you, like, you know, did something bad, which is not something you do need to look at. Did you do something uh, with malintent to uh, cause harm? In which case, eh, there's a reason someone's yelling at you because you did a bad guy activity. But if you're just minding your business and doing your thing and truly not being harmful and someone just does not fucking like you and they get in your face, it's like, it's not about you. They're probably having a shit day and they're taking it out on you. Okay? So that's, the, that's kind of the big thing, I think. Maybe not the big thing, but that might be one of the first steps in this idea of starting to perceive things as happening for us or even just happening. Everything doesn't have to be like, this is the universe opening a door to a new life. Because <laughs> I think that that also can, that's very, that's another like Molly thought, right? Or like mushrooms. That's a very kind of druggy thought. So it doesn't always have to be that intense. Um, but just, you could just start with, oh, this is a thing that's happening. It's not about you. I love you. You guys are great. You're killing it. You're important to me. You are important to you. 
somebody putting up a construction zone in an area where you normally drive is not a personal attack on you. So get over it and just find a solution. Just find another way. (laughs) Okay. I mean, that's kind of with COVID. That's what we're all doing now. Right. I was depressed in New York and I know a lot of people like, I mean, shit, my friend Sarah was working as a personal trainer. COVID hit. She like went to like school. She enrolled in an online school to learn how to code. And it's like, she wasn't mad about it. I mean, she was upset. Obviously, everyone was bummed when they lost their job because of COVID, but there's a difference. Some people got so upset that that they were, like, paralyzed. Again, that would be like someone getting so mad. I'm just going to park my car until they move this construction. I'm so mad I can't even do anything about it. Right? But my friend Sarah had the attitude of, like, oh, okay, well, I'll just do this other thing then. Okay, well, this is the thing I was doing and I like doing, but I can't really do it now, so I got to find another way. See how easy that is? Don't, don't take it personally and be like, okay, so we'll find a solution. Easy. So that's what we're going to do in this meditative practice is I want you to get in your head right now, and it can be COVID, it can be whatever. Think of something that happened that you have been internalizing as something that happened to you, something um, you are a victim of this thing, right? Something happened to you and you're like, God damn it, if I wasn't so unlucky, right? So get that in your head. Now, I've given silly examples. Let's talk about some serious ones real quickly, okay? Um, physical injury. I get there are some, there's some serious things. Like you get in a car accident, you're minding your business, and something fucks up your entire body. That's gnarly. I understand that is very different than, I got coffee on my shirt. I get it. It's very different. If we take the attitude of this is happening for us, or even a step back and say, this is not personal. This is just happening. How does that change your perspective on it? Think about all the stories that we've heard where people are, uh, and I'm not talking just um, like you get physically injured, but also abuse, like mental abuse, people that are kidnapped, people. There's a great series on Netflix right now called Captive. Check it out. If you want to be inspired and reminded that like, Jesus Christ, human beings, we're really amazing and we can survive a lot. Um, Check that out. But like really intense scenarios, Um, abuse as a child, right? All this shit that people go through. Somehow people are able to survive and even thrive, not only afterwards, not like, oh, I was kidnapped and had this horrible experience, but I I came out triumphantly and now I'm a motivational speaker. So you're thriving afterwards. There are people that are able to thrive within traumatic and intensely like negative situations. Okay. And there's a way through those and the way is uh, our mind and changing our thoughts and how we perceive things. I know it sucks. It wasn't like the way is always keep quaaludes on you. So if you get kidnapped, you can be high for most of the time. (laughs) I wish that was the answer, but that's not the answer. You just got to change your mindset. Okay. So that's what we're going to do in this specific meditation. Oh, last one I want to, example I want to give because I wrote this down because this is going to be a visualization thing that will help us. And please, I do not mean to offend you if you just lost a loved one. That is not my intent, okay? (laughs) I need a disclaimer for everything I say. Um, 
Yeah, what if I was like, if you just lost a loved one, I'm so sorry. Um, anyway, here's a quick story about a family I just murdered. Anyway, I'm going to put on some music and close your eyes. Uh, that's not what I'm going to say. Let's talk about death of a family member, specifically a parent, because that can be really tough. And I had a friend who recently just lost a parent. And it sucks. It fucking sucks. I cannot imagine. I have not lost a parent, thankfully. I it, It's horrific. And I fully understand how difficult that must be to lose. I mean, that's like your main person. That's you were, you've known the person your entire life. And there are a lot of times you're rock and, um, it fucking sucks. It sucks. Now again, I'm not trying to belittle this, but if we're let's just talk about this because we're if we're being real, this shit's gonna happen to all of us. We're gonna lose someone very close to us and feel alone and abandoned. And how can we look at that in any way other than the universe fucking with us? <clears throat> I'm sure we are all familiar with the uh, entertainment company Disney. Please. Uh, pause this and you know what no keep it rolling let's just think of any Disney movie and I'm not talking like a gnarly one with kind of a dark side to it I'm talking a child's cartoon Disney movie let's see I don't know Dumbo The Lion King Bambi top three those are animals they're cute like this is nice for kids what happens in the first like five minutes of all of those movies the parent gets either fucking shot mauled by other animals or taken away in a, in a mobile jail. That's how a Disney movie starts. So that's how the baby animals, that's how Bambi and Dumbo and Simba, they all rise to heroic status and become these like fabulous, fabulous. I was thinking of Dumbo when I said fabulous because I was thinking of his ears. I was like, he is fabulous. They all become these rock stars of their own life, right? And they reach those heights because of the trials and tribulations through which they are forced to go because of the loss of a parent. Now, I am not saying, uh, so if you lost your parent and you're not flying around or the king of a continent, um, you're pretty much a loser, okay? A cartoon animal could do that. That's not what I'm saying. But you understand the analogy. Shit happens to us, okay? God damn it. That's not what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> no, I'm going to stick with it. Shit happens to us, okay? It does. And we go, oh, that sucks. We need to change our perspective from what I just said. See how, see how naturally that slips out? Shit just happens to us, and we just got to fucking deal with it. Keep quails in your pockets. End of episode, bro. Just flip it. Flip it in your head. It's happening for you. It's happening for you, Okay? I remember my water polo coach and my acting coach, there were two coaches that I had, and they were so hard on me. Because life sometimes doesn't seem like it just gets really hard, and you're like, yeah, but why is it easy for other people, and other people get stuff right away, and why is it so difficult for me, and why are things so, it's hard for me to fucking get anything. I, if you think I don't go through that with my career and my life, you are wrong, sister, okay? I watch people, and I'm happy for my friends and their success. It's just, it's one thing where I've had to be like, okay, I've trained myself that, like, that's, it, that's not for me. It'd be nice if it was, but it's okay. That's not for me. It's okay. I'll find another way. This is not my path. 
Like their path is not my path. I have to find my path. Okay. Again, oh, somehow they were able to slip through the construction site and go home. But when I brought my car up, they blocked that shit off again. So I guess I got to keep driving forward and find another way. (laughs) Okay. No, I remember when I swam and played water polo and then also in my acting class, I was a pretty good water polo player and I was probably one of the best in my class at the acting school. And I remember in both circumstances, my coaches in both circumstances were so fucking hard on me. I mean, I can remember them just screaming at me and this is in water polo, like, Starling, get your head out of fucking water. I was like, I, was, I, I'm, I remember telling him one time, like crying, and, and I did this in my acting class too. Different, situ- different scenarios, but both times I was getting yelled at and being told to do better and being told that I sucked and I wasn't working up to my potential. And the reality situation was I was doing better than almost everyone else in the class and in the pool. And I got so fucking pissed that I cried and I yelled at both of those coaches several times in my life. I remember saying, why are you on my ass? I'm the best one here. And you know that, and I know that. So why don't you get on their asses instead of chewing me out? And I got to carry all this shit. And I was pissed. And both of them had the same response, which was to say, the reason I'm so hard on you is because you're one of the best. And I know you can do better than the bullshit that you're doing. You are just skating by. Hmm. That's a tough thing to hear. Tough lesson, right? Apply that to yourself. And again, whether or not it's true, whether or not we really are the best, and that's why things are so tough right now for us, okay? If you believe it, you will behave it, okay? If you tell yourself, man, life is rough, but it must be because I'm so good that I can rise up above these challenges and limitations, that's the difference, your attitude how you choose to perceive it. If life gets hard and shitty things are happening and you choose to perceive it as, well, life is just hard. I guess this is too hard. Things are happening to me to hold me back and hold me down. If that's what you believe, that's how you will behave, okay? And again, what what options do you have at that point? If life is hard, and people are beating you down all the time, you're just going to sit the fuck in your house and keep doing what you're doing and lay low and not stick your head out because you're like, I don't want any problems. I don't want any problems. I'm just going to chill. Whatever. I don't even care. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to write a book. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I wanted to live on Maui. Yeah, I wanted to... What, I mean, it's whatever. It's hard. I tried and I failed and so I'm done. That kind of sucks, right? But if you have the attitude of like, mm, look at all these challenges. I must be... There must be something really good on the other side. And I must be really good. Otherwise, I wouldn't be having all these challenges. I must be like Simba. I'm supposed to be king. And that's why my dad got mauled by a bunch of hyenas. Huh. Okay? It's all your attitude. Whatever you think, you're going to behave that way, okay? Your beliefs become your behaviors. So that's what we're going to work on right now. You're going to focus on the thing that you currently perceive as having happened to you, something, you are a victim of this thing. And you are going to look at how you are behaving because of that belief, and then you're going to change it. Again, it's just a thought experiment. It's not going to change overnight, okay? A thought experiment, change that into something that's happening for you. Okay, so imagine your life as a cartoon baby animal in a Disney movie or 
as a Jennifer Aniston, Paul Rudd archetype in a 90s rom-com. Something terrible has happened in your life and you feel like all is lost. It's not lost. It's not happening to you. It is happening for you. There's a reason for this. You just don't know it yet. In the same way that when we're watching these shitty movies and these motherfuckers run into each other and they're pissed about it, we know in the third act they're going to have babies, okay? You don't know why this is happening. You just know that it is happening. And your best chance to succeed in the future is to not take it personally and choose to take the attitude that this is happening for you. This is an opportunity for you to think outside the box, for you to find a solution, for you to find another way. Okay? Does that make sense? Great. So let's wind down. And there it is. All right. Mm, Love it. Love a pirated music. So I picked some different music this time. Do you like it? Trying to change things up for you. All right. Close your eyes. Get nice and loose. You can sit down. You can lie down. Shoulders back. Let me lower my tone of voice. Mm. Okay, so we're going to take some deep breaths in and then go into this meditation. Take a nice deep breath in. Hold it at the top. Three, two, one, and exhale. Roll your shoulders out. Wiggle your fingers and your toes. Make sure tension is not moving to your extremities. Good. Take a nice deep breath in. And exhale. Good. Relax your face. You can move your jaw around. I just cracked my jaw. Hopefully that wasn't too upsetting to hear. (laughs) Okay, good. One last deep breath in. And then you are going to go into your weird Simba, Jennifer Aniston fantasy and change this perception of this thing that has happened. Remember, it's happening for you. Okay, here we go. Last deep breath in, and then I'm going to let you go. Inhale. Hold it at the top. And exhale. opportunity for me to 
hands and knees, scrubbed my floor, got it all nice and clean, and I swear to God, like two minutes later, I took a drink of coffee, and then I also had to sneeze at the same time, and I couldn't get to my sink quickly enough, and so I sneezed and just shot coffee all over to the floor that I just cleaned. And instead of getting upset, first of all, I laughed because, like, I mean, that's that's some Jennifer Aniston 90s shit, you know what I mean? I was like, ooh, I'm about to meet the love of my life. Um, but I did that, and instead of getting upset, I thought to myself, oh, well, good. Like, now I get to double clean the floor. This is an opportunity for me to double clean it. <laughs> now, it sounds silly, but there's an example, okay? So let's do that throughout our day and just notice just you're not beating yourself up if you're not perfect with it every time you're just noticing a reaction and changing the reaction okay all right well i hope you have a great day and uh i will day. And as always, it has been a real treat to be alone together with you. Love you guys. Bye.
Welcome back. I hope that was fun. I hope that was exciting for you to play a little virtual reality movie star role. Uh, let's try this throughout the week. Just as you go throughout your day, when something happens, notice when you react to things in a way that puts you in the victim role. And again, it's not always big things. We're in our home alone most of the time. So it's not like, you know, you're in your kitchen and Harvey Weinstein comes in in a bathrobe. That's not happening where you're like, I was victimized. You know, that's up for, I mean, here's, I just remembered this. This morning, I cleaned my floor, hands and knees, scrubbed my floor, got it all nice and clean. And I swear to God, like two minutes later, I took a drink of coffee and then I, also, I had to sneeze at the same time, and I couldn't get to my sink quickly enough. And so I sneezed and just shot coffee all over to the floor that I just cleaned. And instead of getting upset, first of all, I laughed because, like, I mean, that's that's some Jennifer Aniston 90s shit. You know what I mean? I was like, woo, I'm about to meet the love of my life. Um, but I did that. And instead of getting upset, I thought to myself, oh, well, good. Like, you know, I get to double clean the floor. This is an opportunity for me to double clean it, okay? Now, it sounds silly, but there's an example, okay? So let's do that throughout our day and just notice, just you're not beating yourself up. If you're not perfect with it every time, you're just noticing a reaction and changing the reaction, okay? Well, I hope you have a great day. And as always, it has been a real treat to be alone together with you. Love you guys. Bye.